0: It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at the quiz. Fox, and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. I'm
1: Jerry Willis. I'm Steve Doocy. I'm Shannon Bream, and this is the Fox News Rundown.
2: Friday, February 25th, 2022, I'm Chris Foster. President Biden says he has no choice but to stand up to Russian aggression in Ukraine and that defending freedom will have costs.
3: I know this is hard and that Americans are already hurting. I will do everything in my power to limit the pain the American people are feeling at the gas pump. This is critical to me.
1: I'm Lisa Brady. China's president is one of the few not condemning Russia's leader. But he may not like President Putin's path to war, declaring what is or isn't part of a country.
4: China doesn't want this to happen. I mean, if you're China looking at Taiwan, that would be identical to the Americans saying we're going to support Taiwan and make them an independent country. And China, you've got no shot. That's obviously not where the Chinese want to be. And I'm Jason Chaffetz. I've got the final word on the Fox News Rundown.
2: President Biden and our allies are trying to isolate Russia with coordinated economic sanctions in response to military aggression in Ukraine. He says those sanctions are designed to keep the world's oil and gas flowing and that he's taking steps to protect Americans with gas prices already
3: high. There's no doubt that when a major nuclear power attacks and invades another country, that the world is going to respond and markets can respond all over the world. So there's no doubt about that number one. Number two, the notion that this is going to last for a long time is highly unlikely as long as we continue to stay resolved in imposing the sanctions we're going to impose on Russia, period.
2: In the hours after the Russian military strikes on Ukraine, the price of oil hit 100 bucks a barrel for the first time since 2014, and other markets are affected as well.
5: But we're also in the midst of an inflation crisis that began a long time ago, and this will obviously, if, it, if it's prolonged, only make it
2: worse. Charles Payne's the host of Making Money with Charles Payne on Fox Business, weekdays, 2 p.m. Eastern. P-
5: palladium, platinum, uh, th- things like that, that do go into important products uh, like computer chips, even, even neon gas, which is used in the etching process of computer chips. Uh, 90% of that comes from that region in the world. Uh, uh, but m- most, most major manufacturers, you know, they, they have a big store
2: of it. And this would have to be prolonged. If oil hovers around, what, 120 bucks a barrel, let's say. Let's say gas starts averaging four bucks a barrel. How do you tease? Is it possible to tease out what's happening um, with Russia and Ukraine? And what might have happened anyway? We were expecting higher gas prices.
5: Well, yeah, they're already higher, right? Um, and the day after the election, the gasoline was $2.11. Crude oil was about 30 some odd bucks. I think $39 a barrel. We've gone up every just about nonstop since November 2nd after the election because we declared a war on our own on our own supply. You know, last May, we bought the most oil from Russia than we ever bought in a single month. Twenty six million barrels. In fact, through November of last year, two hundred thirty two million barrels of oil we bought from Russia. It's completely, completely nonsense that we have gone down this path. We have shot ourselves in the foot. We have that oil here. We're allowed to drill it. Uh, it, it means economic security. It, it it lessens the amount of money that would be tyrants and dictators have to to broaden their the reign of terror in their regime. You know what else is really interesting? And people need to start thinking about this. As long as we're going to co- insist on on sending billions of dollars outside of our country to buy something that we can produce here. Uh, ultimately, it also means that we have to spend more money on defense. And there's a lot of people who complain about how much we spend on defense. Well, you know what? You can't have it both ways. You can't have your avocado toast, your electric vehicle and and all the other things that you want in the morning and and, and not think we're going to not going to embolden people with all the billions we're enriching them with. And that's we're going to have to not only have a larger defense budget, but then raise taxes. Uh, And again, that's money that could be going into investment. So Uh, again, I I just I see maybe a media narrative trying to to shift the blame from policy, from domestic policy to Ukraine. Uh, I I, I think that part's going to be short-lived in this country. Again, it's an unmitigated disaster for Europe and countries like Germany, which have even ditched their own nuclear power sources. So, uh, you know, we'll see. Uh, A lot of it depends on how long this goes on, and I don't think it's going to go on very long.
2: They call Ukraine uh, the breadbasket of Europe. It's sort of like their, you know, like our Midwest. Um, a, a lot of wheat, thirty percent or something like that of wheat in the world uh, comes from Ukraine and Russia. Um, Ukraine is it's it's big. Uh, it, I mean, it, yeah. it stretches it stretches vaguely from say like New York City to Detroit to South Carolina, something like that, give or take, you know, a, a couple hundred miles there. Um, can food prices again using the phrase knock on effect? Could food prices go up more here because of this stuff?
5: Not here. I mean, we've actually been paying farmers for, for 20, 30 years not to grow certain products, right? I mean, we could turn on our wheat. Uh, we could turn on, we can We can grow more corn. We could do a whole lot of things very quickly in this country. Uh, you know, I, it could be an opportunity for us to, to actually, uh, you know, produce more wheat. Uh, we were the breadbasket to the entire world for a long time. So... I, I do feel badly, though, for those nations, particularly North African nations that are heavily dependent on Russian-slash-Ukrainian weak. Uh, it's going to be tough. They're poorer nations with fewer alternatives. For us, it could be an economic opportunity. Again, if it's not just a flash in the pan, but it feels prolonged. Or after the fact, we went to those countries and said, hey, you know what? You want to mitigate the, the risk that the, this kind of thing will happen in the future.
2: Yeah, and those North African nations, a lot of them spend a lot more than, than we do, for example, uh, of their GDP to bring, to bring food in. Right. And you're right. Maybe this is uh, an opportunity. Let's say Russia, is, and, and by extension Ukraine, if Russia effectively takes over that government, if these, um, if these sanctions effectively really isolate that country, then maybe other nations like us can, can jump in and fill that, those voids.
5: It it would be great. You know, it really would be. That's the, you know, for some of these countries, economics are the only thing they understand, right? It's not human rights. It's not pleading. Uh, you know, in the old school statescraft uh, that I keep hearing from from Western leaders, they're going to be isolated from the world. They're going to be shunned. You know, do you really think that, that that's going to keep Vladimir Putin up at night? Especially now that he's got this newfound friendship with President Xi of China? uh there's economics, though, that that can kind of keep them up at night. You know, Russia has been planning this in so many ways. Their, their foreign reserves are $630 billion. They got another $130 billion in gold. Uh, and as long as they're not completely cut off from uh, exchange with the West, they, they've got enough money to pay their bills for the next couple of years. And there's no telling... What this new relationship with with uh, with China could be, you know, they can sell China oil. oil. China's buying all the oil and coal they can get their hands on, and also I've read where China is working has been working on its own SWIFT, its own international banking settlement program for a long time. And it would be intriguing that if somehow we cut Russia out of that, they decided, hey, let's try China, and we're successful at it. So. It, it, there's, this is something that even though he appears to be uh, unhinged and that it's uh, impetuous uh, or, or, or impromptu to a degree, uh, there's also signs that Vladimir Putin has been planning this militarily and economically for some time.
2: We've had to make some assurances to Europe um, that we'll step in and help with their natural gas situation. Is that feasible?
3: Uh, we've got, we, uh,
5: it's, it's we can do it They're already, you know, if you ever get a chance to look at a map of all the the, uh, this, the LNG tankers that are on their way to Europe for the last couple of months, it's been a, a very impressive, almost like an armada. I wish we had more, you know, um, it, it, it takes a lot of money to build out those facilities. It's a lot of time and a lot of money, but the most wonderful thing is it's so cheap, Natural gas uh, in, in America to 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 pull it out and to produce it, is just a tiny 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 fraction of what it is, in and all in all of these other countries. Uh, let me give you an example. So I mentioned natural gas, for, for instance, up in um in in the U.K. It's up 400 percent, and and the rest of Europe is up even more than that. And in, in the United States, natural gas prices are up. 69 per 65%. That's a lot, but it's not 432%. All right? So, uh and and at 4 $4.70, it is it is the cheapest in the world. We can uh, take it, funnel it down to Louisiana, you know, compress it, uh and you know, take it from uh the gas form put it in liquid, pile it into these giant ships. And and I wish I wish we'd done that. I wish we'd had a deal with Germany instead of the Nord Stream 2. Pipeline even being up for discussion, but we 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 then cut those kind of deals for whatever reason.
2: Uh, is this in any way could this remotely um, affect the Fed's decision on interest rates?
5: Hey, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Um, the betting now, the odds have flipped uh, completely around. Uh, it was uh, a few days ago there was like a ninety percent, one hundred percent chance of fifty basis point hike. And now it's flipped the other way. It's a 90% chance of only 25 basis points. Um, Now the street still expects uh, a rate hike every meeting. Uh, I think it's JP Morgan looking for nine in a row. Uh, That's kind of far, looking far out because there's some signs that our economy is slowing. Uh, You know, there's some economic signs. This week we had earnings out from uh, a few retailers. Home Depot stock got smacked two days ago, down nine points and 9% in one session. It's really rare for a stock like that. Huge inventory builds. Uh, uh, then, same thing last night with uh, rent a center uh, which is down 37% today. It, it was already down like 20% before that. And they both blame, uh, you know, they they both misjudged. You know, they they built up these inventories when all the fiscal stimulus has gone out in the STEMI checks, and they both admit uh, that uh, that they're sitting on this inventory now. So. Uh, there, there's going to be some slowing of the economy. Some folks are talking stagflation. I'm not sure if that's going to happen or not. But it's an interesting predicament for the Federal Reserve to to have to go start slowing down an economy that's already slowing down.
2: Yeah. Um, just finally, any advice uh, any, with 401k is just that regular Joe listeners. Uh, anything to be done here, or just or just sit tight and uh, you know fill up your fill up your tank when you got to fill up your tank. <laughs>
5: yeah. Uh, fill up your tank when you got to fill a tank and, and keep, um, you know, keep putting money into your retirement plans. Um, you know, we kind of had a glimpse of something similar to this not long ago in March of April. All right. Of 2020. Uh, 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 it was a scary time, a big unknown. We knew the world economy would be hit not, but not to what degree, there was no vac- vaccine available back then. And a lot of the measures, uh, whether it's the VIX measure of fear or some of the others, are right back to where we were then. Uh, But there there are signs that the stock market is is very much oversold. So, uh, you know, uh, I, I definitely would not bail out. I'd be looking to buy more than normal, actually.
2: All right. Charles Payne's advice. Stay calm. Carry on. Um, Charles, host of Making Money with Charles Payne weekdays, uh, Fox Business, 2 to 3 p.m. Eastern. Charles, thanks for coming on the rundown, man.
5: Of course. Absolutely. Thank you.
2: Hi, everybody. It's Brian Kilmeade. I want you to join me weekdays at 9 a.m. East as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and, of course, what you think.
4: Listen live or get the podcast now at Briankilmeadshow.com This is Jason
2: Chaffetz with your Fox News commentary coming up.
1: Much of the world wasted no time denouncing Russia's president for what British Prime Minister Boris Johnson calls a barbaric attack on a peaceful neighbor.
5: For this... Putin will stand condemned in the eyes of the world and of history. He will never be able to cleanse the blood of Ukraine from his hands.
1: But there was an exception, China calling for respect of others' legitimate security concerns and accusing the U.S. and its allies of making the crisis worse by hyping up the possibility of war. Beijing even approving imports of wheat from Russia, which could blunt the impact of some Western sanctions. Arkansas Republican Senator Tom Cotton is concerned about sending a message to the Chinese president.
2: Xi Jinping is monitoring what the United States and what our European partners will do, and if we let off Vladimir Putin with a slap of a hand, and he will reason that he can get off even more lightly if he invades
1: Taiwan. President Xi met with President Putin earlier this month in Beijing, where the Russian leader also attended the Olympics opening ceremony, while many Western leaders were staging a diplomatic boycott over human rights concerns. On Thursday, the same day Russia launched its attack on Ukraine, Chinese aircraft made another incursion into Taiwan's air defense zone. But that's not new. So it remains to be seen what Xi's potential plans are for Taiwan or how close he really is with Russia's president.
4: The most important thing he's thinking is what kind of a relationship is he going to have with Russia? How much does he want to get in bed with Putin as a principal strategic ally globally?
1: Ian Bremer is president of Eurasia Group and G0 Media and he has a book coming out in May called The Power of Crisis.
4: If the Russians have been fundamentally cut off and decoupled from the European economy and the American economy. The Chinese don't want to fight like that. They're integrated in the global economy and their power is projected much more economically and technologically than it is militarily. So even though the Russians see the world in similar ways, they don't see the world in identical ways. So the part of your question, I suspect that you were going to get at, is does this mean that China takes Taiwan? I think the answer to that is no, because in the near term, uh, Taiwan is a a country that very clearly the Americans and allies would defend. And China is a country that is not in decline and they have incrementally more influence over Taiwan every year. So they're in no rush.
1: Hmm. Does it make a Chinese offensive to seize Taiwan any more likely, at least from the standpoint of so far the main response from the west has been just more and more sanctions which so far hasn't seemed to make a dent in president putin's resolve to go ahead and and invade ukraine anyway
4: well yes but that's because ukraine is not a member of nato the americans and all of the nato allies have made clear from day one that they would not provide any troops to defend ukraine in fact president biden went so far as to say that even if americans needed to be evacuated from kiev The Americans would not insert troops to evacuate them. I want to be very clear that no one has said that about Taiwan. And furthermore, even if you did not have America directly defending and the potential for a world war, but you would also have the possibility of destroying the Taiwanese economy. You destroy the Ukrainian economy. I mean, you know, okay, it's a pain and the Russians are going to have to pay costs. You destroy the Taiwanese economy and the Chinese are stuck generations behind the west i mean it's c- absolutely critical to the chinese economy you can't destroy that
1: how does any of this change the us calculus on handling china or does it is it you know really a separate issue for now
4: it's not a completely separate issue look the the fact is that the americans with the europeans are now placing a level of sanctions. I mean, these are the most major sanctions that have ever been placed on a major power by the West since the Soviet Union has collapsed. When you do something like that to Russia, there are two important consequences there. The first is that this really forces the Russians to embrace and become a supplicant, a junior partner to China. And secondly, of course, it means the Russians are much more likely to engage in further escalatory strikes against the West. And that's a dangerous thing.
1: President Biden was asked, are you urging China to help isolate Russia? His answer was he's not prepared to comment on that. What does that mean to you? Do you think there are channels you know, underway?
4: My understanding is that the Americans have been working with the Europeans to prod the Chinese into Condemnation of the Russian steps. I mean, China doesn't want this to happen. I mean, if you're China looking at Taiwan, that would be identical to the Americans saying, we're going to support Taiwan and make them an independent country. And China, you've got no shot. That's obviously not where the Chinese want to be. But in the last two weeks, there have been several pieces of outreach by high level US officials to China explaining the American position and why this would be bad for Beijing. And the Chinese have taken notes, but they haven't responded directly. Uh, The Chinese are more willing to countenance those conversations because they don't want to be cut off by the Europeans. They want to show the Europeans that, no, we're we're not like Russia. We're good guys. So I believe that Biden's response actually reflects an ongoing effort to get the European allies to see just how movable the Chinese might be.
1: Hmm. I know you are at the Munich security conference last week. Um, The reports from that were that all the leaders were united and seemed willing to stand up to Russia. Do you sense that our allies would feel the same way about China?
4: No, not the same way. But I, I do think that it's a surprising level of alignment on Russia, because, you know, if you've attended any Munich security conference in the last 10 years, what you heard was a big debate from the Americans that the Europeans are not paying enough for defense. They're not meeting their defense contributions. The Americans are doing too much lifting. No one talked about that this time around. And the reason for that is because these sanctions that are being placed on Russia, they're not gonna hurt the Americans principally, economically, they're gonna hurt the Germans. They're gonna hurt the French. They're gonna hurt the Italians. And the Europeans are absolutely prepared to stand up with the Americans and take the greater burden of economic cost in the same way that the Americans have taken the greater burden of defense cost in the alliance. And that's what you call collective security. That's what NATO is all about. Now, China is a much larger economy. It reflects much greater importance for many of the European political players. It's just a much more complicated conversation.
1: How do you see the situation right now between Russia and Ukraine and the West, I mean, we, we've talked some about the sanctions, but, you know, how is this going to go? We have these escalating sanctions in response to Russia's escalating aggression. But again, it doesn't seem like President Putin, you know, it seems like he's laser focused at this point.
4: Yeah, I mean, he, he is going to engage in regime change. Tens of thousands of Ukrainians will die he is going to remove the Ukrainian government. They will either flee and set up a government in exile, or they will be captured or executed. I I don't use any of these words lightly. And the Ukrainian military will be defeated and the Russians will install a pro-Russian government that will either be nominally independent but aligned with Russia, or will decide that they want to formally integrate into a new Russian empire. And while that happens, you have heightened levels of cyber activity as well as heightened forward deployments of troops between nato and russia and that's a very dangerous position to be in
1: how much does any of this come down to the people though i mean the people of ukraine the people also of russia or of china and taiwan i mean ultimately leaders can be overthrown historically you know do presidents putin and Xi? care enough about what their people think to rein themselves in at all? Or do do they just have their own agenda and that's it?
4: Putin has displayed in breathtaking fashion that he does not value the human lives, not only of Ukrainians, who he considers to be the same nation as Russia, but of his own citizens. There will be many, many Russian young men and women coming back in body bags to his own country. He has been willing to assassinate opposition leaders in his own country, as well as opposing leaders in other countries. He's willing to assassinate journalists. I mean, this is an incredibly brutal regime and their willingness to employ those sorts of tools has been an effective way for them to stay in power.
1: The American public doesn't seem to want much involvement in the Ukraine crisis, despite being concerned about it. A new Fox News poll finds more than three quarters think what happens in Ukraine matters, at least somewhat in the U.S. But in an Associated Press-Nork Center poll, only about one quarter say the U.S. should have a major role. More than half support a minor role. 20% say no role at all. So should the White House be explaining this conflict differently.
4: Look, I I understand in an environment where you've got 40 years uh, highs in inflation, that a conflict that's going to lead goods and services to be more expensive is not going to be popular in the United States. But I will also tell you, I mean, I've seen a lot of foreign policy crises over the last 30 years. And this crisis with Ukraine has been the most bipartisan and consensus in terms of what the Americans should do. Almost everyone agrees that Ukraine should not be in NATO. Almost everyone agrees that the Americans should not be sending troops to defend Ukraine. Almost everyone agrees that they should be sending defensive weapons so the Ukrainians can defend themselves. Everyone wanted diplomacy to work. But even when everyone in America agrees, if the policy fails to prevent the Russian president from taking these steps then of course you're going to see partisan fighting especially in a country as politically dysfunctional and divided as the united states presently is
1: i want to ask you one other question about something that russia's president said he he sent a warning to the west when he launched this attack about yeah, I remember. yeah about intervening he mentioned his nuclear arsenal very specifically in the same breath if fighting him militarily is a line the west will not cross and also if sanctions don't appear to be working and if the American public doesn't seem to want this is there an argument to be made then that ultimately these autocrats win on on some level
4: well there's no question that if he wants Ukraine he cares about it much more than the United States or the NATO allies do so is he going to win Ukraine it's going to be massively costly on him and it'll be costly in terms of lives of Russians too But he can win Ukraine. He cares more. No one is making that argument about a single NATO country. There is collective security. If the Russians were to attack any of them, the Americans would come to their defense. The alliance would come to their defense. And one of the reasons why the U.S. has worked so hard to ensure a collective response to what the Russians are doing in Ukraine is to show the commitment to that alliance, which is far more aligned today than it was when then-candidate Donald Trump, said that he thought the NATO alliance was obsolete.
1: And just to make sure I'm clear on what you said earlier about China, could China take Taiwan?
4: I think that in 10 years time, if the Chinese have managed to achieve parity and semiconductors with the West, then they will be much more powerful militarily. I think they might consider taking some steps. But right now, in response to what we're seeing, Russia, Ukraine, absolutely not.
1: Ian Bremer, president of Eurasia Group and G0 Media, thanks very much for your time.
3: My pleasure. from the fox news podcasts network
1: my name is kennedy and welcome to my podcast which will i humbly say single-handedly save the world you're welcome
3: it's kennedy saves the world subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com subscribe to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com and now some good news with tanya j powers
0: Mario Hoover's a busy guy. The teenager is involved in concert choir, volunteering at the local hospital and Boys and Girls Club, as well as doing track and debate. He's a junior at Providence St. Mel, a private high school in Chicago that's been around for 42 years. Mario also makes time to study because he's become the first student in his high school's history to get a perfect score on the ACT. I want others to know that they
4: can do the same. Um, I've been saying a lot today that we are all capable of more than we think that we can do
0: his school's principal timothy Irvin, says mario is breaking barriers
4: he is the future of black history in the sense that you know he has made history here in the present and it's going to live on forever
0: mario says he wants to go to college and major in neuroscience and minor in music because he loves to sing as for where mario wants to further his education he's already got a place in mind columbia university in new york city tanya j powers fox news
3: It's time for your Fox News commentary. Jason Chaffetz. What's on your mind? Vladimir Putin has Russia on the march,
2: and it should come as no surprise. In 2008, Russia took over roughly 25% of Georgia. In 2014, Russia came in and took over the Crimea region on Ukraine. Now he's taking more of Ukraine and perhaps all of the country. Putin has long believed the single biggest failing of the last 100 years is the collapse of the Soviet Union. Ever since that humiliation for Russia, he has sought to bring the empire back and even perhaps expand the Russian domination. Thus far, he has been met with little resistance other than sanctions, but none of those have been debilitating enough to stop his forcible expansion to the peril of sovereign nations. Putin only understands power, and he will use his power to continue to rebuild a new, Stronger Soviet
3: Union. I'm Jason Chaffetz, host of the Jason in the House podcast. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. Rundown. Stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at FoxNewsPodcasts.com. And for up to the minute news, go to FoxNews.com. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. Stay on top of the latest news and information from Fox News. Listen and download the Fox News hourly update on your time. The trending stories you need anytime you want it. Listen and download now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. In these ever-changing times, you can rely on Fox News for hourly updates for the very latest news and information on your time. Listen and download now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts.